welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. changing seasons and season changes are very important um, in the natural there has to be some kind of death there has to be some kind of dying in one season for life to be produced in the next season correct this is a fact of nature um, you can look at trees you can look at fruit you can look at grass you can look at seeds and plants and there's always a death that brings forth life and it always takes place in the changes from one season to another season and so we are changing seasons here together today and we used to have a pastor that would say all the time he would say this um, how you leave one season is how you will enter the next season of your life how you leave, how you finish, how you finish the time spent in one season is how you will start the next season of your life. And that's because of this. You take yourself with you wherever you go. You can't, you can't escape yourself. I know some of us wish that we could escape ourselves. Some of us wish that we could leave that old person behind. But the reality is, and the truth is, is that you take yourself everywhere you go. And it's important when you change seasons that you... Um, take time to stop and pause and remember and reflect. And what I want to do today as we leave is I want to make sure that we leave this season and enter the next season with two things that we do. We want to remember. Let's see, we got that up here? We want to remember. We want to remember all God has said to us. We want to remember things that God has spoken to us in our past. And we want to remember things that God has spoken to us about our future. And the second thing that we want to do today before we leave is we want to give thanks. We are going to leave this season with a time of remembering what God has said, what God has done, what God is doing. And giving thanks to God for all that he is for all that he's said to us, for the things that he's spoken into us, for the places that he's taking us to, the places that he's brought us from. We want to give thanks. And I don't know about you, but giving God thanks and remembering what God has done in our life is a pretty important thing. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. So we are going to read a, a, a large chunk of scripture today. And the scripture talks about stones, and, and we're calling today's meshes the stone speaks. And this message works for both our corporate church body, but it works for us as individuals as well. So when you leave today, my desire and my hope by the Spirit of God is that I've communicated something that brings life and healing and wholeness to you, but that you leave remembering and giving thanks for some of the things that God has done both in our church as a whole and in your life personally. Okay? So we're leaving with remembering, we're leaving with thanksgiving, and I want you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Joshua. Joshua is where we're going to start today, and we're going to read Joshua 3 and um, the first few verses of Joshua 4. Joshua was... Moses' number two guy. And Moses 
a little more than 40 years before this point of the story where we're going to pick up at, the Lord appeared to Moses in a burning bush. Moses had been raised as a prince of Egypt. We all remember that great cartoon that came out in the 90s, Prince of Egypt. Moses was raised as a prince in Egypt. He was raised in, in Pharaoh's house, and he knew that he was a Hebrew. He knew that he was um, a, a child of Israel, and one day he killed somebody that was beating up somebody, one of his people, and he ran off into the desert, and he was hiding. He ended up getting married, and he was tending sheep one day, and he was walking around, and he came around a corner, and he sees a bush that is on fire, but the bush isn't being consumed. The bush is just sitting there burning. Moses says, man, I've got to see what's happening. This, this burning bush that isn't being burned up is really interesting. I've never seen this before, which I think we all would say if we're being honest. I mean, is there anybody here that wouldn't be interested to check out a tree that was on fire but not being burned up? So he walks over, and he's like, i got to check this out. He walks over, and the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God begins to talk to Moses from this bush. And he begins to tell Moses how Moses, basically, I've chosen you. I want you to go back to Israel. I want you uh, to Egypt. I want you to go back to the place where you're running and hiding from because of the things that you did in your past. I want you to go back there, and I want you to rescue my people. And Moses, what I want you to do is I want you to bring those people out of oppression, out of the slavery, out of the bondages of their life, and I want you to take them out. And he says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 17, that you, Moses, are going to lead my people into a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a weird mental picture, but the idea is it's a land of provision. It's a land of everything you have need of. There's plenty of land for your cattle. There's plenty of land for your animals. There's plenty of land for you to, to harvest and to farm. This is going to be a land where I'm going to take care of you. And you're not going to be under impression. You're not going to be under slavery. So he says, I want you to go because you're going to lead my people into this land flowing with milk and honey. So we go through, and there's all kinds of crazy things. The children of Israel end up wandering around in the wilderness because of the hardness of their hearts, because they didn't obey what the, the, or they didn't believe what the spies had said when they went and spied out. Do you guys know this story? Okay. They didn't believe what the spies had said, and so they ended up having to walk around in the wilderness for 40 years. And so now Moses and, and these people that weren't allowed going into the promised land because of their uh, hardness of their heart and their disobedience to the Lord, these people all had to die. They finally died. And now the children of Israel are about to go into the promised land. This is about 40-ish years after the Lord has made that promise to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. In chapter 3 of Joshua, starting in verse 1, it says this. Everybody got their Bibles open or something to read with? Okay, three people, fantastic. It says, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left the Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River. The Jordan River separated where they were at from where God had told them they were going to be going, the land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, and they arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the leave, the the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the Ark. Ark, Ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. 
First of all, I want you to picture something here. I want you to picture how these people must have been felt feeling. Here they are in chapter 3, verse 1. It says they arrived at the banks of the Jordan River and they cramp, they, they're camping there. These people had been waiting for 40 years for the fulfillment of this promise. And now they're camped at the river getting ready to cross over into the land, into the thing that God had said that they were going to have. Into the place where God said, I am leading you. This is the land flowing with milk and funny. Funny, oh my goodness. My mouth is ahead of my words today. <laughs> milk and funny. <laughs> milk and honey, milk and honey, milk and honey. Here they are, they're camping. Could you imagine how excited they must be? Could you imagine what they're feeling on the, on the verge of moving into the area of the things that God had spoken to them, that he wanted to do for them, the places that he wanted to take them? He says, here you are, you're going to go in. Verse 4 says, since you've never traveled this way before, follow the Ark of the Covenant. They will, guard you. They will guide you. I want, to, I want to say this right off the bat to you. This isn't, this isn't a point in my message. This is just a good principle of life. When you are traveling somewhere that you have not been before in your life, follow the Lord. Allow the Lord to lead you. <laughs> my wife notoriously has the worst sense of direction. It's true though, right? Where? Yesterday? Oh. So I mean we go places and um, this is this is a great this is a great example to illustrate this point. Apparently she turned a corner of some kind yesterday in her life, she feels like but what happens is we'll go places and we'll go do things and Jen will leave and she just, I mean, we could be going to the car and almost, this is not an exaggeration, you can almost always, whatever, Jen, whatever direction Jen picks to walk, you can almost always go the opposite direction to get to where you're supposed to be going. So it's like, okay, it's time to go to the car. Jen walks out and walks to the left. You know the car's to the right. <laughs> almost every time. But here's what I find so interesting, is that even though Jen always knows she has a bad sense of direction, it's just like it's a joke between us, and I'm not poking fun at her right now. We're just talking about life. She knows this about herself. Even though she knows that, do you know what Jen always does? She always tries to lead the way. So she, she pays for something. Here's my money. Take my money. Pack it up in a bag. It's time to go. And she's gone. And I am still standing over here knowing that Jen has no idea where she's going, but she's most likely going in the wrong direction. So I got a follower out here. She's, on, she's always on a mission. She's out that door. She's moving to the next place she's going. And I have to, like, call her and say, hey, hang on a minute. You're going the wrong way. I usually say, are you trying to go to this place? Yes. Okay, then it's over here this way. Let's go, sister. <laughs> it's, a new, it's a new season. It's a new season. <laughs> um, so my point here is when you are going somewhere new in your life, allow the Lord to lead you. Don't get out ahead of the Lord. Don't make him holler after you. 
Don't make him, like, throw something at you to get your attention because you're too far away to hear what he's trying to say to you. Allow the Lord to lead you. And that's what, that's what the Lord is saying to Joshua. He's giving these instructions, and he says, hey, uh, when you go, you've never been this way before. And so since you don't know where you're going, and surprise, surprise, maybe you haven't thought about this, but I always know where I'm going, and I always know where I'm trying to get you. I would love for you to follow me in this season. So I want to tell you off the bat, I want to remind you, I want to remind you in your personal lives to let the Lord lead you wherever you're going. And I want to let you know that as a church body, we are always going to allow the Lord to lead us. He is our guide. He is our source. So we will step back and we will allow him to lead and we will follow where he leads. We're not going to get out ahead of him and say, hey, come over here. This is where we're at. Okay, let the Lord lead you. That's more exciting to me than it is apparently to all of you, but we're going to keep reading. He says, stay away from the ark because we all know how it goes when you got too close to the ark of the covenant, don't we? Yep, somebody got zapped. Verse 5 says, Joshua told the people, purify yourselves so that tomorrow the Lord will do a great wonders among you. Isn't it time to see some great wonders being done among us? Don't you desire to see the Lord do some great wonders among us? Don't you desire to see some healings take place? Don't you desire to see some salvations take place? Don't you desire to see marriages restored and minds healed and bodies healed and addictions broken? Don't you desire to see God do some wonders among us? Mm-hmm. He says, the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. So they started out and went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua in verse 7, I'm going to make you a great leader in the eyes of Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. And he says in verse 8, give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. Joshua tells the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. I was looking at this this morning, and just that phrase caught my heart. Today you will know that the living God is among you. Today you're going to know that the living God is among you. It's not church as usual. It's not business as usual. It's not life as usual. It's not relationships as usual. I want to tell you today that the living God is among you. That by the work that Jesus did on the cross, the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells on the inside of you. The living God is among you. You don't have to live an ordinary life. You don't have to live a life where you're beat down and broken and struggling because the living God is among you. He goes on here and he says, um, he will drive out, surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, Jebusites ahead of you. Then he says, look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose 12 men from the 12 tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, and as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and, will, and the river will stand up like a wall. People leave their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead to them. And it was the harvest season, and Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water about above that point began backing up a great distance away to a town called Adam. This town 
was about 20 miles away, all right? It's about the distance from Chilliwack to Abbotsford. And it says, uh, it was near Zarethan, and the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Now, hang on a second. We're going to keep going and just read eight more verses. But I, I want to paint this picture. This is actually a video of the Jordan River. Um, Jaden, you want to take the scriptures off? This is actually the Jordan River. And this is actually probably somewhere around where the children of Israel crossed over. Now, it doesn't look too bad right then, does it? But you got to remember, the Bible tells us that at this point, um, the river was overflowing. It was flooding. It was the harvest season, so it was flooding. And if you've seen pictures of the Jordan River, it can get pretty gnarly. It can get pretty fast-flowing and fast-moving. And you also have to remember, I was reading about the Jordan River because I like to do that kind of stuff. And they say that now, when this video was taken, because this is a new video, they say that the, the water has been so diverted over the years that by this point right here, the water has barely, there's barely any water in it anymore. But back all these years ago, there was way, way, way more water. So when the Israelites showed up to cross the river, it wasn't a cute little stream. It wasn't like walking down to the Veda River in the summertime when there was a trickle of water flowing and you just kind of hopped over it and you all crossed. We have over a million people of men, women, kids, grandmas and grandpas. Well, not really grandmas and grandpas because they just had died because they weren't allowed to come into the promised land. But there was all kinds of peoples. Not this time. Not this time. That's right. Let's go. So this river was overflowing. And the Lord says, when my presence touches the obstacle that is holding you back from entering into what I've called you to enter in, I am going to do a work that you won't believe. I am among you, is what he says. And so when the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of the Lord, touched the water, the Bible says the water kind of split right there. And 20 miles up, back this way, the water just begins to pile up like an invisible reservoir is built there that nobody can see. Think about the physics of this in your mind. There's water flowing downstream and suddenly some invisible thing is stopping it and the water just begins to go up and up and spread out, but it's not crossing this line. And then from right here where the presence of God was, from this way down, it begins to empty into the Red Sea and dry out. The presence of God is going before you and stopping those things that would stop you from entering into the promises that God has said for you. He will stop those obstacles. He will overcome physics. He will overcome hard hearts. He will overcome sickness and ailments. He will stop anything to make sure that his promises come to pass in your life. It's okay to clap at that because that's really exciting, isn't it? Thank you, Jesus. Chapter 4, we're going to read these last eight verses, and we're going to talk about why we have these stones on the stage here. I went down to the river yesterday and found these stones. Because I wanted you to have a picture. And this probably isn't even really a good picture. 
because these are smallish stones. But sometimes it's important to see something. Chapter 4, verse 1. When all the people had crossed the Jordan River, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out. Pile them up at a place where you're going to camp tonight. So Joshua calls 12 men, one from each tribe of Israel, and he says, Go into the middle of Jordan, in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up a stone and carry it out on your shoulder. Twelve stones in all, one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. And in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Why are these stones here? What is the purpose of these stones? It's a generational thing. The Lord said, I want you to grab some stones from when I work in your life, and I want you to bring them with you so that the generations can see them and can ask questions about them. And my intention is for you to be able to tell the generations of the things that I have done in your life. And we're going to use these stones that you can physically see as a trigger to begin asking questions. And when your child who is four years old is playing and walking around and climbing on the stones, and they can say, why are these stones here, Daddy? What's the point of these stones? Then you can say, well, here, let me tell you about the time the Lord led his people across an insurmountable obstacle that nobody else could do. The Lord showed up and worked in our life in miraculous ways. Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. When the Bible is talking about the word memorial here, memorial is the Greek word or Hebrew, I'm sorry, um, zikron, and it means a memento or a memorable thing or a memorable day or a memorable writing or a record. And the point is, the idea is, is that there is something that you take from a memorable moment in your life. And here's the thing. I'm going to show you a scripture in a minute reminding you of something the Lord said to us a couple years ago as a church body. But in your own personal lives, what memorial stones do you have to remind you of the times the Lord has worked in your life? What records do you have where you can go back and say, mm, there was this time, things looked really bad. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I wasn't sure how. Uh, I was up against a river in my life, and the river was flowing, and it was full, and it was really scary looking, and I saw three alligators out there, and I knew that in my own natural ability, I couldn't cross that river. But then God showed up, and I don't know how he did it, and I don't know what it took or what was involved, but somehow that water split in front of me. And I walked through safe. I walked through on dry ground. I got to the other side. And do you know what was on the other side of that river that was separating me? God's goodness for my life. God's provision for my life. God's health for my life. God's supernatural ability. God's supernatural connections. Doors that were open for me were on the other side. 
So these stones are meant to speak to you. And they're meant to speak to you of God's goodness in your life. They're meant to remind you of the works that he's done for you, in you, through you, so that you can always go back. And here's the thing. Remind from generation to generation to generation. Little guy, let me tell you about when God worked in our life. Sweetheart, let me remind you about the time when you were sick, when Sydney was a toddler. We were down in Houston, Texas. My family's down there. And, and um, uh, Sydney was a baby. I was just talking to Ashley about this last night. Sydney was a baby. And, you know, toddlers are toddlers. You don't always know what they're saying when they say things to you. And Sydney, we used to tell us all the time, my belly's hot. Whew, my belly's hot. Whew, my belly's hot. She was the sweetest little baby. She would always say, whew, my belly's hot. And we're like, what, is, what does that mean? We get to Houston, and she has a, a severe asthma attack and ends up in a hospital in Houston for three days where she's having to have tests done on her and work done on her. And by the goodness of God, we made it out of there. When I, when I took Sydney into the hospital, into the ER that night, the doctor looked at me and said, we're in some serious trouble here. You know, I just think that my kid's having an asthma attack and can't breathe very well. And, and, then, and there's that moment when the doctor looks at you and says, you're in a bit of trouble here. This is pretty serious. And you realize, oh, man, this is more than I thought it was. And so we begin to pray and believe God. Actually, I was all by myself. I couldn't get a hold of anybody in a strange city. My grandma had took the phone off the out of the wall, this was before cell phones, and I couldn't call Jen, I couldn't call my grandma, my parents were in Ontario, couldn't get a hold of them, I couldn't get a hold of anybody. So I'm in the hospital with Sydney, and we're, I'm believing God, I'm all by myself, and I only have the Lord to hang on to. Which, who else do you need? And now this story comes up a lot in our life and in our family. And we're able to talk about it. We're able to talk about what God did in those moments. What records, what memorial stones do you have that you can carry around? I mean, this is a little big to put in your pocket, but you should have something like this that you could carry around and just whip out when you need to to remind yourself of what God has done for you. Oh, man, look what I got in my pocket, a massive stone to remind me that the Lord is for me. I've got a massive stone in here to remind me of what God has done in my life. Look what he's done in my family. I wrote it down. I wrote it on a note in my phone. I wrote it on a piece of paper. I wrote it down in a notebook. I had it tattooed on my arm. I wrote it down somewhere. I don't know. I wrote it down so that I would never forget the goodness of God in my life. Well, that's what the point of these stones were, so that you would never forget. Memorial stones remind us of three things. First thing they remind us of, they remind us of where we've been. Memorial stones like this, let's say that. Memorial stones like this. They remind us of where we've been in our life. Places we've come from. They remind us of things that we've overcome. Things we've had to work through, things that we've seen God show us how to make our way through, or we've seen God work on our behalf. And they remind us as well of a third thing. And that third thing is this, that nothing can stop God's promises in your life. 
See, this promise, this crossing of the Jordan River was a promise that God had made not to Joshua, but to Moses more than four decades earlier. Has anybody been standing on a promise from the Lord for four decades? Let's go. You're in good company. You're in good company. The Lord does not work on our time schedule, does he? And that's okay. But you trust in the Lord, and it looks like when you trust in God, when you don't know how, and you don't know when, and you don't know where, he's still going to show up. Because if he's made a promise to you, the Bible says that he's not a man that he should lie. And he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So if he said something to Jordan 30 years ago, guess what? doesn't matter that 30 years has gone past. It's still going to come to pass because the Lord spoke it to him. Nothing can stop the promises of God in your life. When he speaks to you, it doesn't matter what the obstacles look like. It doesn't matter how big the river in front of you is. It doesn't matter how wide the canyon is. It doesn't matter how it looks like I can never get across this. Because let me tell you this, and it's a great thing. The Lord does not work in the same way that you would work. When you see a river, you're like, well, I got to make a bridge. God's like, I don't need no stinking bridge. Let's just get rid of the water. Well, you can't get rid of the water. You can't get rid of the water. No, you can't get rid of the water. I can do whatever I want. When you have a canyon in your life, well, we got to build a bridge here too. No, you might have to build a bridge. I don't have to build a bridge. If I wanted to, I could make you fly across. If I wanted to, I could snap my fingers and you'd be on the other side. I can do anything that I want to do because there's nothing that will stop me from working your life, the promises that I've spoken to you. And here's the thing. The stones are meant to remind you of those times in your life because there will be days and there will be times and there will be seasons where you may be in a hard place and you'll forget what the Lord has done. You'll forget the hard times that you had and you'll forget how he worked. But then you could say, oh, look what I'm carrying around in my pocket. After all these years, I still have this thing in here and it reminds me of I've been here before in a similar way and the Lord still worked on my behalf. Go with me in your Bibles to... Isaiah, chapter 54. I want to share, I want to remind you of a scripture that the Lord spoke to us as a church in December of 2019. And I shared it with you in January of 2020 at the end of, I think, which was our first fast maybe our second fast Isaiah chapter 54 verses 2 and 3 the Lord said this enlarge your house build an addition spread out your home and spare no expense for you will soon be bursting at the seams and your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities Let's read it again so you can get excited about what the Lord is saying to us as a church. The Lord said to us to enlarge our house, 
to build an addition, to spread out your home, and to spare no expenses. For you will soon be bursting at the seams, and your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. That's what the Lord is saying to us. That's what the Lord said to us in January of 2020. And that's when I told you that it was a season of building. That we were, we were moving into a season of building. And here we are on our last day. Sometimes it takes longer than you think it's going to. Sometimes you're not sure how you're going to get to where the Lord has said you need to go. But the Lord is always at work. The Lord is always at work behind the scenes. And so here we are on our last Sunday getting ready to move into a space that we did not have to approach the people. These people approached us. That we did not have to conjure things and make them work and like finagle and like how are we going to do this and how can you please let us. We didn't have to beg. We didn't have to like snake our way in the door. These people approached us and said, hey, we need some help. Would you consider moving into our place and sharing this building with us? And here we are moving into a place where we will have neighborhoods literally surrounding us. Where we can reach out. And we can invite people to come to church. This is a great place. I love this place. One of the things I love the most about this place is that on this stage is where city council meets and makes decisions for our city. What a great place to have the presence of God every week. Now we're moving out and we're moving into a neighborhood where we can find families and kids and single people and people that need a church home and people that need Jesus. And we can go out and impact our community. We can impact our neighborhood. We are spreading out. We are making additions. We are building rooms so that we have place and we have room to do what the Lord is wanting to do in us and through us. During our 21-day prayer and fasting this year, one of the nights at prayer, I think it was probably the first night because I led prayer the first Wednesday night of this. I told everybody that one of the things the Lord had spoken to me this year was he had talked about doubling. And when he said that, I knew that he wasn't talking necessarily numerically, but he was talking about the concept and the idea of growth and multiplication. And here we are moving into a new space that will allow us and give us opportunity to grow. We have a place where we can put down roots, where we don't have to move around, where we're not at somebody else's, oh, you can't come here this Sunday, or you've got to be out by this time, and you've got to make alternate arrangements. We're moving into, into somewhat of a promised land for us. We're putting down stakes. We're putting down roots. We have a home that we're moving into. Because God is wanting to work. God is wanting to continue his word to us. God is wanting, like it says in Isaiah 54. He said that to us. That it's time to go. And here we are. Building rooms. Adding additions. Doing things to this space. So that we can make room for the people that God is bringing to us. I don't know about you. That's very exciting for me. This stone is that verse that I just read to you that I carry around in my pocket, metaphorically, obviously. 
and remind myself of what God said when he said it. And I try and figure out why he said these things to me. When the Lord speaks to me, when the Lord gives me a verse, I underline it. I write the date beside it when he gave it to me so that I can always go back and remember and see what he said and when. So that it's a memorial stone in my life. Jen has notes. I don't want to talk out of school, but Jen has notes on her phone um, that she calls from God to me, right? It's like a little note journal, like if all, all the iPhone users would understand this. Um, you have notes on your phone, and you have different notebooks in them. And so she has a whole notebook of notes. <laughs> so you have paper. That's great. Paper's the same thing. But it's, it's titled, From God to Me, so that when she's going through things, that she can open up this note on her phone and begin to scroll through the different notes, the things that the Lord has said to her about different areas in her life. What, what stones do you have in your life that speak to you? What do you have in your life that you carry around and remind you of what God has spoken to you about? What, what do you allow in your life to remind you of the times when God worked in miraculous ways on your behalf? Because he wants to. And he wants to do those things. And he wants you to remember them so that you can tell others about them. Kind of like this, this necklace I wear. I've told you guys about this. Well, most of you probably know about this, these dog tags I wear. One of, them, one of them's from Sydney, but the other one is my grandpa's dog tag from the Second World War when he was in the Navy. It's a memorial for me. It reminds me of my family. It reminds me of my heritage. It reminds me of the price that many other people paid. And I, I wear it around my neck um, to remind me as a memorial. And that's just a human person. How much more? Should we not have memorials in our life of the things the Lord has said and spoken to us? Amen. Stand up with me. I want to pray. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.